Well, hey, everybody, and welcome to The Debrief with your friends here at Sandals Church. I am Stephanie Schaefer, and I'm joined today with the PMB. Yes. And we have a wonderful special guest today, our executive pastor, Dan Zimbardi. Yeah, hey guys. Yeah. Call him the big fish. Good to be here. Yeah. Good, Good to have to be you. Here. Yeah. Thanks for having me. If yeah. you seen the cartoon Nemo, he was the big fish. Mm. Oh, yeah. Was there a big fish? Absolutely. In the second one. I don't know. Uh, I just call you're him You're making big that up. Big yeah. fish. I can call you big fish. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah, you want to tell the story about the big fish? Yeah, so we went out to dinner, and um, clearly the waiter was confused in identifying the power structure <laughs> at the meal. <laughs> and when we ordered the same thing, they gave Dan the big piece of fish, and I got the small piece of fish, and it didn't bother him at all. So, <laughs> henceforth, right. his it's name is It actually fish. bothered <laughs> me after you noticed it and said something. Then I, then I was really bothered. Uh, at oh. first, I wasn't bothered. Okay. Like, oh, so, that's yeah. a lot of fish. <laughs> yeah. What kind of fish? I don't remember. I don't know. I just remember Dan mm. Sin. Yeah. The, the question yeah. was there a conversation in the kitchen that happened? Did they actually like, oh, decide, you know what? This I don't guy know. gets yeah. the big fish. Yeah. yeah, I don't think so. Maybe not. Probably not. I, Probably not. So. Yeah. Yeah. I am I, I give a lot of nicknames. Yeah. So yeah, I don't have to that's with you good. though, John. That's, I mean, how do I talk about it? Yeah, that's pr- I, I prom- come pre nicknamed. Yeah. 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 We appreciate good. that. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. It makes it easy. It's a busy time right now. We gotta just go with what comes. Yeah. I used to call Stephanie Quinoa Kino. I know. <laughs> Can't remember any other names. That's about it. Yeah. Oh so. man. Well, we're excited to jump into our questions. Yes. Uh, from, from this weekend, we got a lot of awesome questions. A lot of great feedback. Great to hear some of your perspectives uh, on this. Um, we have uh, Jack actually wrote in and said, um, "How do I balance not giving up on my dreams with having a healthy expectation of success?" Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a, a great. That's a great, quick, great question, and that's why I invited uh, the Zimbardi. Uh, to come here today to just to talk about that. Because I think a lot of people struggle with the balance of dreams and the pursuit of success. And um, so this weekend we talked about just, you know, embrace who Jesus has made you to be. Mm -hmm. And uh, before we get to his question, you know, Dan, you've been a very successful person. Um, Thank you. And what's amazing Mm -hmm. about your success is you start at the bottom Mm -hmm. of your company Mm -hmm. and and you worked your your way um, all the way up until eventually you left that company and came to Sandals Church. Um, But just talk briefly about your struggle of embracing you know, strengths, weaknesses, stuff like that. Yeah. So, mm. you know, growing up, my, uh, my dad left at a young age. And so I, um, I was searching to figure out who I was and who I wanted to be. And, um, I didn't have a good role model to look at and say, okay, this is my North star to help me understand, uh, important things like my identity. I didn't grow up in the church. I didn't have a, you know, a, a Christian family. Mm-hmm. And, um, mm. and so I, I wandered for a lot of years and, and I found myself looking back where I was really drawn to strong men and I would emulate uh, parts of their personality mm. or words that they would say or mannerisms um, because I was filling this gap that I had of trying to figure out who I was. Mm. And, uh, and it wasn't until I accepted Christ a little bit older in life, I was about 30, um, that I just started to understand uh, what God said about who I am and what my identity was. And, um, and as I started to spend time with other believers and especially in small groups, where I got to see uh, men just live out uh, being who God made them to be uniquely using their gifts and their talents. Um, I said, man, that's, that's what I want to be. Not, I don't want to be them and their personalities, mm-hmm. but I just want to be the best of who God's made me to be. And so um, I just went on this, uh, I, I know this journey to, to really figure out what are my strengths and my gifts through my thirties. And um and ultimately landed on, you know, what that was to, to be a shepherd, you know, mm. shepherd of people, shepherd uh, through mm. organizations, if you will. And, um, and I just found that my greatest impact on people and for the kingdom of God 
was when I was just being the best version of myself mm. and not trying to reach and be someone else mm -hmm. or, or be like someone else yeah. or uh, reach for gifts that I really didn't have. And I just found that my contribution uh, to the body of Christ and to the church was best found in being being me, mm -hmm. you know, in whatever mm -hmm. personality God gave me and the, the gifts, the spiritual gifts that he placed inside of me and leveraging the experiences that he gave me. Mm. Um, and the more that I sort of honed in on those things and leveraged what God gave me, I just saw a greater impact on other people. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, in times where I would reach and I'd try to be more like someone else, mm -hmm. I had less impact. Mm. And so it just solidified this idea that, man, when I'm just being who God's made me to be and, and relishing that and pouring into that, my life is really rich and mm -hmm. full and I'm having the greatest mm -hmm. impact I can. And so I wanna give my life to that now, just mm -hmm. being the best of who I am and not like uh, struggling to reach out to be like someone else. Yeah, so mm. let, let me just yeah, say this. One of the most amazing qualities of DZ is that you don't reach. Um, you're extraordinarily gifted, one of the most gifted leaders yeah. I've ever met, mm -hmm. and yet mm -hmm. you're comfortable being number two. Um, so in order to do that, it takes an incredibly comfortable person to sit in the second seat. Why do you feel like God's called you to do that rather than mm. go start your own church, go do your yeah. own thing? Why is it that you don't want more yeah. and you're satisfied with, you know, being the number one, two guy? You know, the old saying, unless you're the lead dog, the view never changes, yeah. you know, meaning you stare at the other dog's butts. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, so I had to translate that for our audience. Yeah. So, you know, because I, I yeah. think a lot of people really struggle with that, and yet yeah. you seem to be thriving. So, what have you found that mm. the rest of us are missing? Yeah. yeah. Well, I think that um, again, my greatest contribution, I think, to the kingdom is playing the role that I'm playing right now. Mm -hmm. um, and I think God's uniquely wired me for it. He's mm -hmm. called me to it, and um, and a lot of it depends on like what's my goal. If my goal is very uh, personal, selfish, let's say and uh, I've got a goal to build my platform, mm -hmm. then I, I probably would do something different. But but my goal ultimately is to be a part of the disciple-making process, helping mm -hmm. people who like me were so far from God, f find God and, and understand the gospel and just fully submit and turn their lives over mm -hmm. to God. Um, because that's my goal, the thing that I have to figure out is, okay, well, what role do you want me to play in that? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, and the best thing that I could do is to play the role that I am now, really supporting and serving you and the staff as a whole. Mm -hmm. And um, and so a lot of it, I think, is just based on what, what I want from my life. And what I want from my life is just to give everything I have to God, mm -hmm. see him glorified and see people who are lost be found. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, And I think I can have a much greater contribution playing this role than just doing something on my own or building my own my mm, own platform, yeah. you know? And so, yeah. and honestly, with that uh, idea in mind and that that goal that I have, um, I feel like my life is so rich and so full mm. right now. Like I get out of bed, I can't wait to get to work. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I can't wait to, to come to work with you guys and the rest of our staff. Um, I, I love it. Mm. Like my, I feel like God has blessed me in incredible ways. And so much of that blessing and richness comes from, I think, just embracing who I am, mm -hmm. my, my shortcomings, my weaknesses, my strengths, all of embracing it and not spending too much time on the distraction of all that I'm not, mm -hmm. because that's mm -hmm. a huge distraction. Mm -hmm. And that's where I think the enemy wants to take all of us is, hey, uh, look at this guy or this girl, mm -hmm. look what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And uh, you should try to be like them. And as I try to fight for that, 
I'm, I'm losing impact. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm losing energy. I'm losing uh, steam. And um, because God didn't make me to do those things and to be that person, he made yeah. me to be who I am. And so, um, you know, there's parts of my person, sometimes I'm quiet, sometimes I'm more outspoken and I've just come to say, hey, this is the personality God's given me and, I, mm. and I'm gonna be okay with that, mm. you know? And here's the thing is, you know, we've had people who've sat in Dan's seat before that really struggled with it. They really, really struggled with it. Um, you know, I've had people sit in the number two seat who really believe they should be in the first seat. And here's the thing that's so sad is the organization didn't thrive. Mm. You know, our organization has has really found its sweet spot since Dan's come on. Oh, absolutely. And mm. so, you know, you have my vision and his strength working together, complementing one another, uh, and we're not intimidated by each other. We actually celebrate the mm. unique giftness mm. of each other and it works. And that's the beauty of, mm. you know, just doing things together for the sake of the kingdom. You know, how can I get out of Dan's way so he can do what he does? How can he get out of my way? You know, and Dan is so honoring has really helped bring a culture of honor hmm. uh, to us. And so I'm gonna ask more, Dan more questions as, as we go on, but I wanna get back to his question. He said- yeah. How do I balance not giving up on my dreams? So let's stop there. Yeah. Dreams change, hmm. God's calling doesn't. Hmm. So when I graduated high school, it was my dream to be a cop. Hmm. So I went to the military, uh, hmm. I was a, a military policeman. That's what I did in the military. I quickly learned that's not for me, mm-hmm. okay? Yeah. <laughs> that is not for me. Then I went to CBU. My dream was to be a college president. Okay. Then it was my dream <laughs> to plant. Stuff, yeah. Mean. Then it was my dream to, to plant a church. Then mm. I planted a church and found out it was really hard. And my dream was to move to Hawaii and sell hot dogs on the beach. Like I was done with leadership. Yeah. And uh, let me just really emphasize: I would. My wife called it my porn. Every night I would come home from work and I would literally Google and search every single house on the Hawaiian Islands. I looked at every <laughs> island looking for a house that we could move because oh, my dream yeah. wasn't to abandon my wife and abandon my children. I didn't get that selfish. I was close, but I didn't get that selfish. So I knew I had to support them and create a life. But I just would, I just knew, I just mm. knew that if I could just get to Hawaii, my life would be happy. Mm. Now, fast forward, I'm 47 years old. I have zero desire to live in Hawaii. Mm. I'm not even that passionate about visiting mm. Hawaii mm. anymore. Um, you know, because I've been there, I've seen things that are there. Sure. And I know that this is where God's called me. God's called me to an inferior location. No, no one would rank Riverside up there with Hawaii. You know, yeah, like, like people from Hawaii aren't like, oh, cool, you live in Riverside, yeah. right? That's not happening. And yet I would much rather live hmm. here because this is where God's calling is. And so that's what you've really got to figure out is you've got mm. your dreams, which ultimately, here's the sad thing. Many people live out their dreams and they become their nightmares. I mean, Jim Carrey's mm. famous, qu- famous quote is, I wish everybody could live their dreams so they could discover how useless they are. Mm. Yeah. You know, so here's a guy, right, who wrote himself, I think it was a $20 million check mm-hmm. and he cashed it one yeah. day and the guy can't keep a relationship, goes to counseling 12 hours a day, yeah. is a total disaster. Yeah. And yet, Man, that's the picture of success. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's Jim Carrey. I mean, he, he did great things. And so, so many of us are so convinced that success is the key when the reality is following God, following God is the key and saying, okay, how can I use my gifts and my talents to mm. serve the Lord? And how can I get over my insecurity? Because really it's our insecurity, not our security in God, yeah. our security in Christ. We're gonna talk about this next week uh, as we get into 10 reasons everybody needs God. And the number one reason is, if your security comes from anything but God, you're insecure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that insecurity is going to destroy you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so we've got to 
really, really look at and say, okay, how has God wired me? And so I think there is a tension there. So let's finish this question. Yeah, which then an interesting wording says, having a healthy expectation of success, Mm -hmm. which is a lot of what you were talking about, not really an expectation, but really a a definition Mm -hmm. of success is what gave you freedom. So what would you say to that? Having a health, how do I have a healthy expectation of success is how he worded it. What I would say is you need to have a healthy um, understanding of your ability, Mm -hmm. not a healthy expectation of success. Expectation is simply future resentment. Mm. So everybody expects things like we expect great service. We Mm -hmm. expect great marriages. We expect, uh, you know, healthy children. We expect to make all the money we want to make doing Mm -hmm. a job that we want. Like we have all of these expectations. And that's one of the reasons that that life is so difficult is because we've not taught children that life is difficult. Mm. Mm -hmm. We've taught children that life is about pursuing your dreams and no kid dreams of doing the dishes paying bills. No kid dreams of going to a job when they don't feel like it on mm. a certain day. And the reality is, you know, uh, Tammy and I were, well, not, t- we were discussing, but she was listening to these, uh, I call them famous Christians and they have a podcast mm. and they were talking about just how, man, going to this conference and speaking and leading and getting paid was just so draining. And I'm just like, oh my gosh. <laughs> well, what they're wrestling with is even success has its challenges. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, even dreams, right? take work. And so what I would say is try to figure out a healthy understanding of your ability. And here's the thing. Um, I was sharing this with my assistant, Tim, on the way to to work this morning. I said, most people believe that talent is enough. Talent Mm. is not enough. Mm. Talent might open the door, but hard work gets you through the door and and you've got, you've got to work hard and it's Mm. really, really difficult. And what I see is amongst a lot of people is they overestimate their ability and they underestimate the work it takes to get there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those are the two things that I see. And, um, you know, we've had guys that, you know, have been on staff at Sandals Church. They've experienced the growth and they just know, right, they're going to leave Sandals Church. They're going to go somewhere mm-hmm. else and the exact same thing is going to happen. And they, uh, for the most part, have all been humbled. Mm-hmm. Like it's mm-hmm. really, really hard um, because success is a blessing and success is the result of really, really hard mm. work and wise choices. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think especially as Christians, we wanna put it all on God when, um, you know, I was trying to share this with Tammy. One of the things I think Christians have misunderstood uh, for 2000 years, and it's because of the great divorce from Jews. I think Jews understand this. Jews, mm. I think, lean too heavily on wisdom and choices, mm. but Christians lean too heavily on God and his providence. And mm-hmm. so what we do as Christians is we trust God and make dumb choices, mm-hmm. like, oh, well, whereas Jews yeah. work really hard, but maybe forget God. And what mm-hmm. we need is for us to come back together and worship the one true God and utilize our gifts and our talents. And Christians, you know, I think we look at the book of Proverbs like novelty, hmm. you know, like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah I'm going to put that on my, on my mm-hmm. refrigerator. That's a good little quote. Well, what you need yeah. to do is put it in your life. And, yeah. um, you know, I, I have watched Christians um, you know, 40, 50, 60 year Christians who make unwise decision after mm-hmm. unwise decision and wonder why they're not successful. Mm-hmm. And it's like, make the best decision you can. God has given you a mind, use that. And by the way, that's why I think for so long, reasonable wise people didn't want to follow Christ. Yeah. Cause it's all in God's yeah. hands. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, but God's hands put it in your mm-hmm. hands. What right. are you doing with your life? Mm-hmm. So, Look at your life and say, okay, is this something that God wants me to do? Because everybody seems to believe God wants everybody to be rich, fat, and happy. Mm. So, and yet, that doesn't seem to be the case. Mm. So, what what is God's unique calling for my life? And so, God has called me to serve Him. And I quickly found out, 
I, I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm not good at constantly confronting people. You know, like I, the idea of writing tickets, I had to write tickets. Oh my <laughs> gosh, I don't care. You know, like if I, if I was a policeman, I'd be like, just don't kill anybody, you know? Uh, and then if you did, you're bad. Now I got to throw you in jail. Don't so, do it again. Don't do it don't again. Do it. <laughs> so, um, you know, and, 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 and I, and I thank God for police officers mm. who, who, who are expected to be their best at our very worst moments. That's what mm. I said at Chad Bianco's swearing in is we're all critical of cops, but we need them to always be at their best. Yeah. When we, when they engage us, we're at our worst and mm. they're humans mm -hmm. and they make mistakes and they, sometimes they really screw it up, but praise God. But in your there. process, realizing that actually probably wasn't your oh, best God. fit. No, oh. <laughs> and I, and I, yeah, and I'm thankful for that. And that's what I see here. Here's what I think why God has blessed me is I've quick, I seem to have more quickly than others learned what I'm not good at. Yeah. Mm. Whereas many of my peers continue to tell me, you know, like, I can't tell you how many times I'll meet a pastor, you know, whose church is really struggling. He just really believes his gifts are teaching and leadership. And I'm like, maybe, maybe okay, not. let's look yeah. at the audience. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, well, that's a through line, I think for both of your stories mm -hmm. and getting to be under your you know, individual leadership, like you talked about very different, how God is uniquely mm -hmm. made you and given you gifts. What has been that process then in sort of discovering yeah, those weaknesses? Too. How do you, cause you've obviously have, you know, made mistakes along the way and learned from yeah. those things and yeah. gotten to the point that you are now. Mm -hmm. How are you not just crippled by fear of what if I don't want to put myself out there or not make a mistake and be mm -hmm. driven by fear? Mm -hmm. um, what has that process been? For you, why don't you go first? Yeah, so um, I think you know, going back when I first became a Christian in those that first I don't know five to seven eight years, it was tri trial by uh, by trying. You know, I was out <laughs> yeah. there doing different yeah. things and realizing, hey, that's not my strength and gift. Hmm. Like I'm doing this thing and uh, no one's there listening, uh, or yeah. uh, I, everyone's falling asleep, or whatever the case may be. I mean, hmm. it's really you know you have to try different things and use different muscles, different gifts mm. to really uh, find your way towards what your wiring is. You mm. know, I mean, there's lots of great tests and tools out there that we sure. use and Enneagram is, is the best certainly, but nothing will replace you getting out there and doing something, mm. using gifts and talents and trying new things mm. to figure out, okay, this didn't work. I'm not as effective when I do this, but over here, this is really great. Uh, we were talking in small group last night about the idea of strong moments mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and looking back over your life and saying, when did I have moments where I was so fulfilled, where I was having this incredible impact on other people? Um, what was I doing? Mm -hmm. And as you look back over your life and you identify those strong moments, that is a way to figure out what are my strengths mm -hmm. and what are my gifts. Mm -hmm. um, and I think sometimes, and this is a slight uh, right turn here, but sometimes people, what they like to do is mm. not what they're gifted in. Mm. And that that becomes a problem. Sure. And so if, if I love to be the upfront uh, teacher, uh, that's a problem if I won't let that go, if that's not my particular gifting, which mm. is a good example for me. My a gift is not doing what Pastor Matt does. It's mm. just not my a gift. Mm -hmm. And if I, if I try to make that the thing that I do, uh, Sandals Church will probably start declining. Mm. We'll have less impact, and and that's not that's not what I want to do. Mm. And so I want to do the things ultimately uh, that I'm really wired up to do. So to mm. me, it's a journey to figure out what mm. are your strengths and gifts, and you just have to start doing things. We talked mm -hmm. about that again last mm -hmm. night in our small group. Like you just got to get moving. You know, mm. you have to 
try play different roles mm -hmm. and see what the impact is. And if the impact isn't there, maybe that's not the right spot. Maybe yeah. you try mm -hmm. another spot. That's mm -hmm. good. And I think a big thing is invite feedback. Mm. Don't oh, endure yeah. it. And I think most people loathe mm. it, hate it, endure it. And um, I don't know if you guys saw the Super Bowl commercial about being a close talker, the Colgate yeah. commercial. <laughs> yeah. I laughed all Wilson. the way through that because that, that was, was me until I was 35. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. Uh, my dad's a close talker. I'm a close talker. Like if our noses can touch, I feel like we're we're like really we're there. We're, yeah. we're getting there. Yeah. And so uh, uh -huh. you know, and then I. I work with people like Stephanie mm -hmm. who want to die yeah, the closer which I, think I Dan yeah. actually told you, hey, yeah. I noticed that Stephanie's a little yeah. uncomfortable oh, man. with your close well, you know, talking because uh, I wasn't gonna say anything. <laughs> and so you have to you have to um mm. you have to listen to that and understand mm -hmm. that that my if my need to be close when I'm talking causes the person to mm -hmm. literally have a panic attack, yeah. Yeah. they're not gonna hear what I'm gonna say. I, I gotta mm -hmm. take a step back and I've got to learn to read people mm -hmm. because my enthusiasm overwhelms my my discernment. Sure. And that's what I see with a lot of people is they, they're excited about something, but they're not honest about mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, and again, let me just say this to especially our young listeners, do what you have to do so you can do what you wanna do. Most people get it backwards. And so they start off in life doing what they want to do. Like my mm. son wants to play video games all day long, never wants to practice, mm. you know, and it, it's really, really hard to raise a kid because I know he's entering a competitive world. Yeah. I know how hard I've worked to provide the life that he enjoys. And mm. I don't know that he's going to do that. I mean, he, mm. you know, I mean, my parents, I don't think had super great amount of confidence in me at his age either in terms of, you know, really, <laughs> yeah. really being successful in life because, you know, what 15 year old is super focused. Right. Uh, I mean, some are, but not my kids. Um, so, but do, learn to do what you have to do so you can do what you want to do. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I would say about myself uh, until I started listening to the Craig Rochelle podcast mm -hmm. is I'm the most, one of the most disciplined people I know. Yeah. I do the same things every day. Mm -hmm. I do the most important things mm -hmm. every day. I read my Bible every day. I exercise every day. I eat right. I mean, I, I do these things uh, because in my thirties, I found out <laughs> you can't, you can't keep living like you're 18. Uh, you you got to yeah. really, really get focused. And mm. I watch a lot of people not do that. And God has blessed my discipline. Mm. So the fruit of the spirit, right, is self-control and discipline, self-discipline. And I've got to learn to be disciplined and regimented uh, because I wasn't born into a super famous household. Mm. I wasn't born into a su super you know, my last name isn't Trump, right? Um, and the truth is, even if your last name is Trump, one or two generations of being lazy and stupid and it doesn't matter anymore. Mm. Uh, that's just the reality. There's no amount of money that can save you for, forever from your stupidity. Yeah. You have to learn to work, learn to engage, learn to relate. Mm. Um, and, I, and I don't wanna waste this one life. And so just, just w open yourself up to honest feedback mm. to people who can speak into your life. And I think, again, those of you who are not in community groups, you are not allowing God to go to the level that he wants mm. in your personal life. Mm -hmm. uh, the scriptures are not just something to be studied, but something to be invited into yeah. who you are. So. Well, even in a community group, it's even, I have found <laughs> in my avoidance, it's easy to hide yeah. and and maybe talk about what I know about something or give, you know, here's a deeper meeting biblically and, and avoid the real answer. Mm -hmm. um, where have you found for, I guess for both of you in this process of obviously having invited feedback, um, has that been a struggle at times to hear kind of the tough truths or, cause we, we talk about that all the time, inviting feedback. Mm -hmm. What's a practical first step say yeah. in a small group, how do you even, cause you can hide in a small group, you can mm -hmm. hide at work to say, I, I need this. Mm -hmm. 
step one, what, what do you actually do? Yeah. What does that look I, I like? I think it's just believe, believe that it's a good thing, that it's going to make you better. So okay. I'm a three, right? So I'm an achiever. Um, and you know, I, I, I want to do well. I don't want, mm. I don't want to flounder in life. This is my one and only life. I don't want to struggle forever. And I watch people struggle for decades mm. and I don't want to do that. I don't want to keep making the same mistakes in my fifties that I was making in my thirties. And so mm. I need to invite feedback. And here's the thing that's hard is even if I disagree, there's probably some truth in what you're saying. Mm -hmm. And I think people are so overly defensive that they're not, they're not listening to maybe what God has to say. And, and I've said this many times. It's why I believe Jesus calls us to love our enemies because sometimes they're the only ones that are honest with us. Mm -hmm. And most of our friends and our family members don't tell us the truth because, mm -hmm. you know, there's, there's great expense. I mean, you know, there, there's great cost. You know, it hurts my feelings if my wife says your breath smells. Well, okay, but I don't want stinky breath. Mm -hmm. So I need to invite that, not endure that, so that mm -hmm. I don't, you know, with my close talking, you know, make Stephanie's face turn green <laughs> with my, you know, with my breath. And I, and I have mm -hmm. to do that. Um, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I got some feedback about the word that I used and, and it was painful and it came from um, you know, one of our campus pastors. And so I, I just went to Dan and I said, Hey Dan, what do you think about this? And he just said, yeah, I, I wouldn't use that word. Okay. Mm. Well, so, you know, I was initially, um, kind of skeptical of the feedback I got. So mm. I went to somebody that I trust and, and somebody that I've given permission to speak truth. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, don't do that. So, okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to try to eliminate that word, mm. um, because, you know, I, I think I'm a funny pastor and God uses my humor, but but it also can hurt the message. Yeah. So I have to be very, very careful that what I'm doing isn't hurting the message that I'm yeah. trying to present. And I mean, you know, some people don't don't want to laugh in church, then Sandals probably isn't the church for you. Mm. But if my humor is hurting people or I'm drawing more attention to a word rather than to the word, mm. right? That's a problem. And so yeah. I need to submit to that. And um, you know, I use the word idiot and and just so you know, it's in the NLT. It's how they translate the word fool. But we had a guy come, you know, got out of prison, uh, came to church for the first weekend. And when they used that word, he got up and left. And, mm. you know, one of our pastors went out and found him. And here's the truth is he's probably heard terrible words his yeah. whole life about him. Mm. He came to church, he heard that word and it affected him. And, and here's the reality. What do I want? Do I want to be funny or do I want to reach that guy? Right. I want to reach that Ultimately, guy. So yeah. I got to change. I got to, I got to quit yeah. using that word uh, or at least reduce it or use it very carefully or very specifically so mm. that I'm not offending people, but I'm trying to draw people yeah. in. And, um, you know. That comes back yeah. to the ultimate goal of success mm -hmm. um, being, yeah, do I wanna be the funny or the platform or the famous, or do I actually care about that individual? So the willingness to change. What has been your process in that? With yeah, I think feedback? just sort of staying on the idea of inviting feedback. Um, you know, to understand your gifts, which is, I think, part of what we're talking about here, mm. uh, we need to invite feedback. That's right. what Pastor Matt just said. And, and I think a key to that is to creating a safe landing for people to give you feedback. Ah. Mm -hmm. Creating a safe yeah, landing. Yeah, unpack that a little bit. What does yeah, that look like? And so uh, let me talk about what it's not. I think okay. that'll help. And yeah. then I'll explain, I think, a little more of what it specifically is. But Pastor Matt's trying to give me feedback. Mm. And he says, hey, uh, I want you to think or pray about this issue. And I'm immediately defensive. Mm. I immediately go on the offense. Um, my body language changes and I get real forward mm. and um, my, my tone goes up. Mm. Um, this is not creating a safe landing, right? Right. Mm. Creating a safe landing would be, you know, uh, he's giving me feedback and I, and I uh, sit in a, in a posture that is um, 
uh, where I'm where I'm listening. He can tell I'm listening. Um, maybe I'm even starting to take notes as mm. he's giving me feedback. I might mm, ask a qualifying good. question. Um, and then after, after that uh, feedback is given and I've received it, uh, then I go take action on it. Mm. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I circle back and said, hey, you know that feedback that you gave me? Mm. I want you to know, here's, here's what I did. And, well, um, and, and, then, and then the last step, hey, hey thanks. Mm-hmm. And see, to me, that's creating a safe landing. And, and guess what I think mm. he's gonna do next time? He's probably going to share more feedback yeah, with yeah, me, yeah. which is so key for any person to to grow That's great. or to change. Yeah. Again, we're talking about understanding gifts, yeah. and and so if I want people to speak into my life about what my gifts are and aren't, I think I've got to create a safe landing place for them to to do that. And as I create that safe landing place, I'm inviting feedback mm-hmm. yeah. because if I'm super defensive, people are just not going to give. Okay. Yeah, they're not going to give yeah. me uh, feedback. Or if I get overly emotional with feedback, mm. it's another thing where people aren't going to feel safe mm. to give me feedback. And then I'm going to go through life, A, not growing and changing, because mm. I can't see the things that other people can see about me. But also I'm going to have a hard time understanding how God wants to use me, because mm. I've cut off a, a primary channel that God communicates mm. to us, and it's through other people. Yeah, mm. there, there's a great book um, out uh, called Wealth, Poverty, and Politics. And it's mm. uh, it's like 1,100 pages. And I think I read it three times. It was so mm. good. But he identifies historically what causes poverty in cultures. And the number mm. one reason is isolation. Mm. Uh, interesting. And so like, if you want to live a successful life, you cannot live an isolated life. You have to invite others yeah. into your life. You mm. are better around others. And mm. so here's where I see where people struggle is they're intimidated by leaders and they're intimidated by um, strengths of others. Hmm. So you, Dan's strength, right? So if I'm if I'm not gonna be the leader, I'm gonna be intimidated by Dan's strength. So I gotta fire hmm. Dan, I gotta get rid of Dan, I yeah. gotta demote Dan so that I can be lifted up. But when I do that, now I'm, I'm missing out on somebody who, now I'm, I'm alone and I'm isolated. Right. And during the worst time of my ministry, I remember crying out to God saying, I'm so alone. Hmm. Well, I have to invite people into my life to speak truth into my life if I wanna grow and become who I am. Mm -hmm. And so this is why island nations do so poorly. Hmm. They're isolated. Isolated. They're isolated, they Mm. don't do well. It's why, you know, tribes in the Amazon jungle are still doing the same things they've been doing for two, because they're isolated. Isolated, And they've not, uh, and, and, and when you study Western history, the reason why, you know, Western history is what it is, it's because it's the Babylonians, the Egyptians, the Jews, the Greeks, the Romans, then it's uh, the Italians, the mm. French, then the English that arrive on the shores. It's it's all of these cultures that have intertwined mm. and they've connected and it's propelled humanity forward. And then you have yeah. tribes and peoples who are isolated, have not interacted. And uh, just to put this in perspective, China was considered the world's superpower until the 14th century. And the emperor decided to burn all the boats, cut off all communication mm. with the world and killed all the people who knew how to travel, 200 years later, they're slaves to the British Mm. in 200 years. The most powerful economically, uh, uh, I mean, you think about, they invented gunpowder, they invented, I mean, you you think about the things that they invented that the Europeans were so far behind. And so when you isolate yourself, you are not going to be successful. So how do I get around people um, that are, 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 are driven and excited? And yeah. again, if you're a young person, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Yeah. Like, like I had to cut ties with all my friends are gonna smoke pot, all my friends that wanted to keep sleeping around. If you wanna follow Christ, you need to surround yourself with people mm-hmm. that wanna follow Christ. Mm-hmm. And you'll learn really, really quickly. 
who's doing it and who's faking it. And yeah. you, man, we are all running for a prize. We're all gonna stand before God. And and I am only interested in uh, surrounding myself with uh, like-minded people who care, mm. who wanna grow and wanna do great things. And Sandals, again, I shared this, um, is not who, who we are because of me. I knew my weakness and I've surrounded myself with a great team mm. of people who have different strengths than I do and are equally as strong. And again, you know, we Dan and I've talked about this. We've had staff staff members where the gap between them and the next person is way too big. What mm. is that? It's usually insecurity. Mm. And you don't want somebody challenging you, pushing against you, saying, Hey, here's my thought, here's my idea. Yeah. And what that means is you're not gonna grow. Yeah. And it ultimately hurts the organization. It hurts you. Right. I am who I am today because I have a wife who's a challenger. Like mm. um last night, she doesn't even know this. Last mm. night she went to sleep and it's just my wife, man. She loves to ask questions that make me not sleep. Um, so last night, right before we go to bed, her eyes are almost closed and she goes, why did you pick me? And then Good she's night. like asleep. <laughs> so now, now I'm, left, I'm left with this question. Oh man! It's usually way worse than that. You know, I mean, it's something about the church, work, our kids, yeah. you know, and then she's snoring and I'm like, okay, I'm up for hours. Um, and so I just remember, you know, I, oftentimes, I talk about, you know, my frustrations with my wife. And I, I just realized I had never in 20, it'll be 23 years, never thanked God for her. And so while she mm. was sleeping, I just prayed over her and I said, God, thank you for mm. her. Because without her challenging me, pushing me, not putting up with my crap, I mm. would not be where I am today. I would be a very self-centered, I would be a very talented failure. Mm. Yeah. I had talent but I, I, I had to grow up and mm -hmm. I had to, like Paul says, put away childish things. Yeah. And just so you guys know, that process continues. Mm -hmm. it, it really continues. And um, there's a great book uh, written by, oh man, what's his name? The Road Less Traveled, M. Scott Peck. There we go. M. Scott Peck says, the veil of maturity thins as we age. Mm. So that's why old people get nasty. Mm. <laughs> you know, my grandma used to say, I don't care anymore. I'm like, well, you need to care. Mm. You know, um, <laughs> And so the veil of maturity thins as we age. And so mm -hmm. what that means is the things that we haven't really worked on, we yeah. haven't really dealt with, you know, the term They're grumpy, still there. grumpy yeah. old man, and they come back yeah. even worse yeah. because yeah. you've put that monster in a cage for all these years mm -hmm. and then you let them out and it's mm -hmm. just really, really ugly. And never allowed anyone to speak into that yeah. in isolation. Yeah. So, so I think God wants you all to be successful. And we're going to talk about that this week in our, I mean, the number one reason everybody needs God in your life is no one is rooting for you the way God is. Amen. There's no, yeah. there's no one in the universe that cares as much about your success as God does. But in order to be successful, you need to walk in His ways. Yeah. And um, you know, and again, we're we're going to hit that in Deuteronomy, man. We're going to start yeah. with that, and it's like, look, man, God, I have before you today blessing and cursing. I pray that you choose blessing, and we're like, no, I want curses. <laughs> um, mm. So God wants you to be successful. <laughs> But man, you gotta, I think in DZ, and I've talked about this many times, you gotta decide what success is. Oh, yeah. um, because success yeah. for me is staying married to my wife, mm -hmm. having a relationship with my children, stewarding them and helping them as long as uh, I'm alive yeah. and loving and guiding this church until I die in some capacity. And that, that at one point will mean I'm not the senior pastor, someone else is, but I still wanna be a part of helping guide this organization. Yeah. Um, because it matters to me. And for that to happen, you know, I have to keep growing yeah. and I have to keep changing. And God has, if you're at Sandals, look, God has placed you in a very unique place. Mm -hmm. There are people all over the world that wish they went to this church. God is doing something unique here. And so 
you're really blessed that you mm. that you stumbled upon this place and God wants to change your life here and do extraordinary things that are happening here. Guys, a thousand people were baptized mm. last year at our church. Yeah, so cool. Mm. Most yeah. churches in America will not baptize mm. one. Yeah. A thousand. And uh, and I'm hoping that we're gonna do even more this year. So be thinking about that. So again, I think there's a tension between, you know, what was this question? So my dreams. Yeah, not giving up on my dreams, which you talked a little about how dreams change, but having a healthy expectation of success. And there's a few, few, few of our questions in here deal with that idea yeah. of success. And Well, what I'd even love to get to, especially for you, Dan, is mm-hmm. uh, we have one of our, um, I think it was actually one of our Rogo students, Deepak, wrote in uh, mm-hmm. and said, Pastor Matt, you talked about creating the life that you want and yeah. emphasize how to be ourselves and talked about finding our strengths and weaknesses. He says, when I'm unhealthy, I seek attention from certain people and I can be totally totally fake. This is just to get their focus on me. So they might stay close to me. I started recognizing my brokenness and my sinful nature. And the more I see, the more I hate myself. How can I embrace myself, stay humble and love myself? Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would encourage you to hate what you do and love who you are because God yeah. loves who you are yeah. and he hates what you do. And so, and because what you're doing is destructive to who he loves, mm. you know? So like when my children do things, I never hate them. I hate what they've done. Mm. What they've done has been disruptive. It, it's hurtful. It's painful. Um, you know, that's one of the things that's so scary about being a parent mm. is your children's choice, choices matter and yeah. they can wreck their life, your life and everybody else's yeah. life. And, uh, you know, it's so hurtful. I, I, I saw one of our, our leader's wives this weekend and I just said, Hey, how are you doing? Which was the wrong question. Just, mm. psh, you know, the, yeah. you know, uh, because of a child who's a prodigal and is gone and she's mm. so worried and so anxious about yeah. this kid who is literally throwing their life away. And it's mm. just so hard. Um, and they don't hate the child. They love the child, but right. they hate what the child's doing, right. the choices the child's making and what's happening. And so that's where we have to agree with God. Um, mm. God, I hate it when I do this. And, 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 and the reason I hate it is the same reason you hate it because it's destructive. And here's what sin does. Here's why God hates sin. It separates me from him. It separates me from others. And it separates me from who he's called me and made me mm. to be. Sin always separates um, and you know, that's what the Bible means. A lot of times when it talks about death, we think it means oftentimes like the end, what it means is separation. So mm-hmm. when you die, your soul separates from your body. Revelation talks about the second death, the eternal separation forever from your soul, from God. Mm-hmm. And so that's what it means, right? It's, that's why, um, C.S. Lewis calls it the great divorce. Right. He doesn't call it the great death. So, because in our, our modern age, the word divorce is better. Sin divorces you from yourself. It divorces you from the people you love and it divorces you from God. That's mm. the better way to translate it. That's what it does. And, and you know, divorce, you know, is never amicable. It's always painful right. and, and awful and ugly. And so um, even if it's needed, mm. like sometimes in the church, right, we have to like, we have to agree with divorce. It's still, ooh, mm. yeah. it's awful. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, so what I would say, Deepak, is, is, is learn to hate those things and as quickly as you can, um, identify that when you're doing those things. And mm. um, I think it's it's really, really hard. We're all insecure. You know, we're all worried about um, where we fit in. How do people see us? Yeah. How am I doing? And we're constantly in that. And again, uh, we're gonna get more into that this next week, but it's about how God really wants to provide that peace for us. Mm. Because, you know, that that's where our security in him is so important. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we, are, we are secure in who God has called us to be and, and, and who he is calling us to be. I'm secure in that. And if I can mm-hmm. rest in that, it's okay. I'm still wanting yeah. to do my best. I want yeah. to be successful. Like, I, you don't want to waste your life. Yeah. Um, mm. But what oftentimes I, when people say success, they mean like, I want to make a million dollars or right. I want to, you know, like our, 
our, our goals are so meaningless. It's yeah. just like, you know, um, and, and so many of our companies, you know, I don't know what it was like for you, but you know, we want to increase business 23.4%. Sure. You're just like, oh, that sounds mm -hmm. inspiring. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, can you imagine yeah. if Tom Brady says, my goal next year is to increase my pass rating by 2.3%. You're just like, ooh. Yeah. Not exciting. <laughs> hey, okay, thanks, Tom. Yeah. yeah. Are you going to Disneyland? I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. 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 Well, in part of your story, um, you, you, sh you shared, Dan, that you would emulate different people mm -hmm. and, and you saw qualities that you wish you had when you were a younger man. Yeah. Um, what was that process like? Because in this question, seeking attention from certain people um, in, in result of being fake. Yeah. How did you kind of come out of that yeah. process? And I think a, a couple of things. One, one is uh, focusing on uh, my true identity. Mm you know, for, uh, I think for so long in my life, my identity was wrapped up in my title and mm. my possessions and my house and my stuff. Mm. Um, my goals were, uh, make a certain amount of money by a certain age, have mm. a certain amount of possessions, property, et cetera. Yeah. And, um, and so as, uh, I would succeed in those things, I would mm. feel better. And as I would fail in those things, I would feel worse. Mm. I would go up and down. And as I began to really understand that, my identity, my fo the focus of my life, my mm. goals were all centered around the, th the things of God. It really started to change everything for mm. me. And so as my success went up, I, I didn't go up as much anymore. Mm. And as my failures would go down, I wouldn't go down as much anymore. Mm. Because ultimately I, I was just became more and more rooted around the idea that who I am, what I'm about, and my identity is in Christ. Mm -hmm. It's not in my title. It's not in my bank account or any of those other things. And um, and as I've embraced that, we talked about, you talked a lot about embracing yeah. this weekend. As I embraced my identity, it's brought enormous amounts uh, of, of peace in my life. Yeah. Wow. It really yeah. has. And so um, I think it's a focus to, I think it's Deepak who, who shared mm -hmm. that question. Yeah. You know, the, the focus of his life may be a lot around pleasing uh, people, mm. getting certain uh, positions or stature yeah. or being close to some people. He might, I think yeah. he might have mentioned that. Yeah, I mentioned that. And so it, it sounds like his identity may be in the wrong place. Mm. And, and not that he's thinking about that consciously, but it's probably what's playing out in his sure. life. And so mm. growing deeper faith roots mm. and and uh, growing in the understanding that of, of who he is, who God's made him to be and what his true purpose is, mm. which is to bring glory to God, make disciples, uh, yeah. th those types of things. And so I, I would say get squared up on your identity, mm. understand it, study God's word. What does it mean? What does it say? Talk it out with other people. Mm -hmm. um, but I think so much of the ups and downs in life have to do with we're pointed at the wrong target. Mm -hmm. It's the mm -hmm. wrong North Star. Right. And we got to get our North Star straightened out. And and as I did that, you know, my goals that I had long ago, they they morphed very similar to what Pastor yeah. Matt shared. Right. Um, man, I, I feel like I've I've settled down a lot in my life. I found mm -hmm. a lot of peace um, because I'm not I'm not shooting for the wrong thing that I'm never going to hit anyway. Sure. Yeah. No, well, that's and I feel good. like that like shoring up your identity also gives you the courage to then try those things to figure out what your strengths are and invite that feedback in. Yeah. Because right. I think before until you get that shored up, it's going to be way too scary to try something that you're going to fail at or to invite honest feedback and to really be vulnerable with people. And I yeah, feel like that's, that's sort of the that's missing good. piece you need for both of those to happen mm -hmm. and actually figure out what your strengths are and what you're good at. Yeah. So it's just interesting yeah. how that all kind of comes together there. Yeah. 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 yeah good stuff, yeah. man. That was 
that's yeah. really good, helpful, practical tools, yeah. I think, mm-hmm. for, for even future leaders or people that are wanting to grow. Some of the young people listening, yeah. I know this is really, really good stuff. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. So awesome. Yeah, yeah thanks great. so much for joining us on the show today, Dan. Yeah. Love thanks, having guys. you here. Love yeah. you so much. Yeah. Love you guys. Love awesome, man. All right. There's we'll always room for you in my tank. Hey, thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right. See you guys. Well, thanks for listening in, guys. This is part one of a two-part episode for this week. So make sure to tune in next week for the second half of the conversation where Pastor Matt's going to get into some questions that you guys sit in. We can't wait to see you then.